in the land of Israel, uh, before the time of the kings, before uh, the temple was built in Jerusalem, uh, the tabernacle, uh, that's the big tent uh, where, where God was worshipped, and, and the Ark of the Covenants, which had uh, the Ten Commandments uh, installed within them, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was in the middle of uh, the tabernacle. Uh, at this time, the tabernacle was set up in the city of Shiloh. And Israel's leader at this time was a man named Eli. Uh, Eli was the priest at Shiloh, uh, where he oversaw the ministry of the tabernacle. And Eli was a prophet. He, he declared God's word uh, to God's people. And, and Eli was a judge. He judged Israel. Uh, there was no central government at this time, but Eli uh, advised and guided the leader of the 12 tribes of Israel. And one day at Shiloh, while Eli was sitting at the uh, entrance of the tabernacle, a woman came in uh, who was clearly unsettled. Uh, she was weeping. Uh, she was a bit of a mess and talking to herself. And this woman in the tabernacle, uh, she looked drunk. And Eli sighed to himself and you know, thought, you know, have, have some respect for the holiness of God in this place, woman. And he went up to her and he said, how long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. Uh, but the woman, whose name was Hannah, uh, she answered, uh, no, my Lord, I am deeply troubled. I'm not drunk, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord and begging him to answer my prayer. And Eli said to her, well, go in peace. The God of Israel grants your request. And then he sent the woman on her way. A few years later, uh, while Eli was again at the tabernacle one day, a woman who looked vaguely familiar to him came in, uh, accompanied by a small boy. And, and the woman said, Oh, my Lord, uh, it's me, Hannah. Do you remember? I was the woman that day praying to the Lord. I, I couldn't bear children. Uh, but that day, I asked God for this child, uh, who I've named Samuel, and the Lord granted my request. And therefore, as long as he lives, Samuel is to be given to the Lord. And I want him to stay with you and help you minister and worship our holy God here at Shiloh. And then, full of joy, uh, Hannah sung a beautiful song of praise to God uh, in the tabernacle. She said, there's no one holy like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and he raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low, he also exalts. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries will be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. And this song of Hannah's became famous in Israel. And, and many, many years later, when, when the history of the kings of Israel were being recorded uh, in the books of the Old Testament that we now call 
uh, Samuel and Kings. Uh, Hannah's song was put right at the start because it expresses a fundamental truth of history. That is, that God alone is holy and that he will raise up and fight for and use for his glory people that are faithful to him and honour his goodness and his holiness. And the story of Eli the priest shows us, it illustrates us that truth. And it's also a reminder to us as to why we should only listen to faithful leaders who honour God. So Eli, Eli had two sons, uh, Hophni and Phinehas. And assisted by the boy Samuel, uh, Eli and his sons served as priests at the tabernacle at Shiloh. At the tabernacle, uh, where the Ark of the Covenant was housed, uh, people would bring animal sacrifices to God, you know, a goat or a bull or a lamb, and they, they were killed and sacrificed uh, for the forgiveness of the people's sins and also for a way of expressing their, you know, their love of God and, and you know, recognising how good and holy God was. Uh, so the animals were killed and the fat of the animals were burnt uh, on the altar at the tabernacle as a, as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And according to God's law, certain parts of the animal were given to the priests uh, for them to use and to eat. And this was partly how God provided for them and for their ministry. But Eli's sons were wicked and greedy. And even though they were priests, they didn't know God and they had no regard for him. And what used to happen was that they and their servants uh, would take whatever part of the sacrificial animals they wanted, usually the best parts. And, and sometimes they would even take meat uh, from worshippers who were bringing sacrifices before it was offered to God, before its fat had been burnt on the altar. And if the worshippers you know, objected and said, hang on a minute, I, I brought this for God, you know, they'd simply just take it by force. And these sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, they would even, even though they were married, they, they would even sleep with the young women who served you know, at the tabernacle. And, and their sin was very great uh, because even though they were the spiritual leaders of God's people, they treated God and the sacrificial system that God had set up at the tabernacle to deal with people's sin, they, they, treated, they treated this, they treated God with utter contempt. And people talked. Uh, and people complained. And, and Eli would regularly hear you know, all these sordid stories about what his sons got up to. And from time to time, Eli would rebuke his sons. He'd say, my sons... Why do you do such things? You know, I, I hear of your evil dealings from, from all these people. And, you know, it's one thing to sin against men, but if, if you sin against God like this, who, you know, who's going to intercede for you? But even though he'd occasionally rebuke them, Eli did nothing to restrain Hophni 
and Phineas. And he tolerated their continued dishonoring of God. Imagine having leaders like that in the church. You know, ones who don't know God and, you know, ignore what he says in in the Bible and, you know, who are immoral and and whose actions, you know, despise the one who who they're supposed to lead into honoring. You know, what kind of example does that set? Uh, What does that do to the spiritual temperature of the church? You know, what, what will happen to people who listen to and, and follow their leadership? Well, years passed. And the boy Samuel uh, continued to minister faithfully at the tabernacle, assisting Eli. And, and every year, Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with God and also with the people of Israel as he served at the tabernacle. In contrast, Eli's sons are continued in their dishonoring of God and dishonoring of God's sacrifices. And then one day, a prophet arrived at Shiloh. And immediately, this prophet marched up to, to Eli in the tabernacle and confronted him. And you know, Eli looked at him and said, Who are you? And the prophet answered, The Lord... The God of Israel declares, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be treated with contempt. See, a time is coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your ancestors' family. The fate of your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, shall be the sign to you. Both of them shall die on the same day. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and my mind. And then the prophet turned on his heels and left. Eli was shocked and a little bit afraid. But even after this warning, Eli still did nothing to restrain his two sons. And he thought to himself, well, Hophni and Phineas said, you know, they've sinned against the Lord and I guess let God do what he will do, what seems good to him. God alone is holy. Uh, his worth is supreme. Uh, nothing has more value or, or more goodness or truth or beauty than him. And, and because God is holy, uh, you know, to dishonor him, to disvalue him, to, to reject him, it's, it, it's so utterly wrong. It, it's, it's absurd even. It goes against you know, the very fabric of creation. And God, of course, being God, governs and judges the earth. And so any, any power, any institution, any leadership that has contempt for God, in the long run, it can't stand. It, it will be brought down low. And, and following such leadership will result in disaster. 
uh, our, our culture, you know, our, our city of Melbourne, uh, it's full of leaders and, and full of voices who one way or another don't honour God. Um, I'm sure you could think of examples you know, in, in the news media, uh, in our entertainment, in our, in our politics, in our education, uh, even, sadly, sometimes from amongst our friends and our family. You know, people who seek to influence us, uh, have, them, have us follow them and, and agree with them, uh, but people who one way or the other dishonour God. Uh, don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Uh, even within the church, uh, if you come across priests, and sadly there are some like that out there, and, or, or church leaders you know, who ignore some of God's word, or all of God's word, you know, or, or, or bishops or, or senior church leaders who, who see wickedness and disorder but you know, don't do anything to restrain it, don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Well, more years passed. And the young man, Samuel, uh, continued to grow in stature. And also, Eli's sons uh, continued to dishonor God. Uh, Eli, by this time, was an old man. He was 98 years old, uh, mostly blind, <laughs> a bit heavy and fat, and uh, he spent his days at the entrance of the tabernacle, you know, just kind of praying quietly and greeting worshippers um, as, as they arrived uh, to come and, and offer their sacrifices. And also at this time, war broke out between Israel and the Philistines. And the elders of Israel came to Shiloh to see Samuel because the war against the Philistines was not going very well. Uh, the Philistines were winning every battle, and already 4,000 of Israel's troops uh, had been killed by the enemy. And Eli you know, said, said the elders, we need God to save us from the power of our enemies. Will you send the Ark of the Covenant to the battle? For surely God would not let us lose if the Ark was amongst us. He would fight for us and, and fight for his honour and his glory if the ark was there. Recently, Eli had been remembering Samuel's mother, Hannah, and, and remembering that, that wonderful song uh, that she'd sung that day when uh, she'd given Samuel to the service of the Lord all those years ago. You know, he will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked he will cut off in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries, will be shattered. And listening to the elders, Eli thought, yes. Yes, God will fight for us. He'll, he'll defend us. He'll guard us against those evil pagan uh, Philistines if, if the ark goes with us. And he answered, yes, brothers, take the ark. I'll even send my sons, Hophni and Phinehas, to march out before it. And may the Lord grant us victory over our enemies. And Eli thought to himself, and well, this might finally be a chance for those two, Hophni and Phinehas, to you know, finally do something that will bring honor and glory to the Lord for once. And so the ark uh, 
let out with great fanfare by, by Hophni and Phineas, uh, left Shiloh uh, for the battle. Days passed. And Eli became ever more anxious, uh, waiting to hear the, the shouts of victory in the distance as the army returned home to the tabernacle and returned with the Ark of the Covenant. But nothing arrived. More days passed. Eventually, one afternoon, down below in the city, Eli could hear the sounds of commotion. People were shouting. Others were running around. Finally, he thought, that must be them. But there was no, no horns blowing, no music playing. And Eli could make out the sounds of women crying, weeping in the distance. And the shouting, it wasn't shouts of joy. It was shouts of panic. What is this uproar? Then one of Eli's assistants brought a man to come in and see him. Uh, squinting, Eli could just make out that the man was exhausted. He, his, his clothes were torn and he, he was covered in dirt. And my Lord, said the man, I've just come from the battle this morning. Well, how did it go, my son? We were slaughtered. 30,000 at least have been killed and, and the rest of the army has fled. And I, I don't know how to tell you, but, but what is it? Tell me. Your two sons, my lord, they were killed. The Philistines killed them. Eli's heart raced. And suddenly he remembered the words of that prophet that, that had visited him in the tabernacle all those years ago. The fate of your two sons will be assigned to you. The man continued, and, and, and Lord, there's more that uh, the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, that the Philistines have captured it. Eli gasped, leaning back in his chair. And he remembered again from that prophecy, those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be treated with contempt. And then in shock, Eli fell over backwards from his seat and broke his neck as he landed on the ground. Samuel, who was there in the tabernacle with him, rushed over to help, but there was nothing that could be done. And as Eli lay there dying, the last thing he saw was Samuel's face as he remembered again God's words. A time is coming when I will cut off your strength and I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. And indeed, later, uh, God, in his kindness to his people, uh, did raise up Samuel to be the new priest and to lead his people. And through Samuel, uh, God led Israel to repentance, and uh, God miraculously brought the Ark of the Covenant away from the Philistines and back to Shiloh. But the story of Eli is a tragedy. A, a spiritually blind leader of Israel who was removed because he dishonored God and disaster for God's people because they listened to and followed his leadership. 
we, God's modern day people, should listen to faithful leaders that honour God. And of course, God has given us a great leader uh, that we can rejoice that we have, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, because Jesus is our great high priest. Uh, He's not a corrupt priest. He is the perfect priest. And indeed, he's not a corrupt offering. He's the perfect offering and the perfect man who perfectly honours God. And in himself, he's the perfect sacrifice uh, to take away our sins. And so learning from the story of Eli, we should gladly, uh, obediently, reverently, joyfully listen to Jesus. And when you listen to Jesus, uh, you can have confidence uh, that you are following a faithful leader who will lead you in honouring God. Amen.